Well, shall we pray? Our gracious God and Father, we just give you our thanks and praise for your word that you've given it to us to provide us with everything we need for life and godliness. And Father, here we ask now as we come to your word this morning, you'll grant us through your spirit understanding, but also the ability to be able to keep our hearts and minds focused on you, even in difficult times. And Father, we ask this through Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, it mostly would be a useless question to ask if you've ever been anxious, yeah? I mean, the Reserve Bank has raised the cash rates, yeah, I think, at eight or nine times, basically in a row, except for one month. And it looks like it's going to raise it again in June. And many families are anxious. Anxious because they're wondering how they're going to be able to afford repaying their mortgages. Yeah. On top of that, people are finding it difficult to put food on the table due to the increasing costs of living. I'm sure you've all noticed that as you go to the supermarket, the price of food items and others have risen over these last 12 months by about 50%. And that's by supermarket chains that are advertising and claiming to be keeping their prices down. Indeed, inflation is running at 7%. There's a large percentage of businesses who are predicting a recession or another global financial crisis. We know that in the building industry, there are numbers of building companies and construction companies going into bankruptcy. Our medical professions are anxious about the lack of funding and resources and trained people that are needed to be able to provide good and reasonable health care in our world. More than ever, people, especially older people, are anxious about the security of their, their, their identity and their money. And that's not to mention the very real stresses that come from family life and relationships and health issues. And maybe you're starting to get a bit anxious as I speak about these things this morning. So when Paul says, don't be anxious about anything, you sort of feel like saying, Paul, you've got to be kidding. But Paul's not alone. We'll see that in a minute. I wonder if you remember those T-shirts that used to be around a, a decade or two ago. You know, it had plastered across the front of it. Don't worry, be happy. Remember them? Quite profound for a T-shirt, but I think we all looked at them and thought, <laughs> if only... If only. Paul's not alone when he says, don't be anxious. We heard from Matthew chapter 6 how Jesus also condemns worry. Jesus said that worry is foolish and shows a lack of confidence in the person and the character and, and the ability of God. Jesus himself said, don't worry, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, or what will we wear? He said, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And ain't that the truth? Jesus said that worry is a fruitless exercise. He said, don't worry about your life. 
Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Or in other words, worry is nothing but wasted energy. It hinders rather than helps. It zaps our energies and uh, it often has negative effects on ourselves, doesn't it? Our health suffers, we don't get enough rest and we become unbearable to live with. Well, Jesus says that instead of being anxious, instead of worrying, we need to center our, our attention on God's kingdom and his righteousness. We need to be encouraged in seeing the way that God cares for us, that God cares for what we're going through. And we need to see the way that he is at work in our lives. And of course, that will mean having a genuine faith and trust in God and his promises. Well, as we come to our passage from Philippians 4 this morning, this first half of Philippians is speaking about peace. In verses 1, 2 and 3, it speaks about peace within the church, peace in our hearts in verses 4 through to 7, and then peace in our lives, verses 8 and 9. And as part of this exhortation, Paul tells us, no, rather Paul commands us to bring all our anxieties to God himself. Look at verse 6. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now I'm guessing that a lot of people here will know those verses very well. They'll be familiar to you. But notice how Paul does not say that it's okay to worry about some things, does he? No, Paul says don't be anxious about anything. And as Paul says this, it's not some sort of uh, warning or reprimand that he's giving us, but rather words of comfort. It's like putting a hand on your shoulder or something to comfort and reassure you. But don't miss the full impact of Paul's words here. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Paul says, don't accept anxiety as an unchangeable reality in your lives. Don't tolerate it. Don't rationalise it as being some sort of necessary evil. Also notice how Paul does not simply say, stop worrying. Paul rather actually tells us here how to deal with our anxiety. He says that we are to bring everything to God in prayer. The way to be anxious about nothing is to pray about everything. In other words, there is no problem, no circumstance or situation in life that we cannot bring before God in prayer. Do you see the wisdom here? Instead of talking to ourselves and getting ourselves all worked up, talk things over with God. 
The Apostle Peter says the very same thing in 1 Peter chapter 5. He says, cast all your anxieties on God because he cares for you. Paul goes on in verse 7 to tell us that our anxiety is related to the activities of our hearts and minds. Verse 7, the peace of God which transcends or surpasses all understanding will guard what? Will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Our hearts and minds, or in other words, the very depth of our being. It's your mind that won't let you sleep. Being confronted with situations, whether good or bad, well, that's normal. But it's when the imagination kicks in and starts to churn over all the what-ifs. You know, what if this should happen? Or what if tomorrow, why didn't I say this or do that? You know, if only. And we become victims of our minds, don't we? Our minds start to replay over and over again all those possibilities. Our hearts and minds take over and often <clears throat> we are left with a fear of an unknown future or of not being able to control the uncontrollable. How can we avoid this inner turmoil? Well, Paul doesn't say stop worrying and pull yourselves together. Paul says the answer for our anxiety, the way to stop worrying is to bring everything to God. He says present your requests to him. And notice how Paul says your requests, not your demands. And how are we to do that? Well, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, that's how. By prayer, our response to the likelihood or the onset of anxiety is to get alone with God. To get alone with God and recognise who he is, the one true and living God, the all-powerful God, the creator of everything that exists. I wonder if this is why Jesus puts that phrase, hallowed be thy name, right at the beginning of his teaching about, about how to pray. We must see God in all of his greatness. We must see that God is big enough to deal with our problems. It's by prayer and petition, or some versions have supplication. The word prayer in this verse is more of a generic word for addressing God, speaking with God, whereas the word petitions is more specific. We are to bring before God the particular thing or things that are harassing our minds, that are keeping us awake at night, that are wearing us down. And we are to be open and honest and genuine with God when we bring our petitions to him. Because let's face it, he knows everything anyway, doesn't he? If it means repenting of something that you've done wrong, then do it. And ask God for his forgiveness. 
and also for the strength to face any consequences of your actions. By prayer and petition and with thanksgiving. And here is the third and vital part of the process. And it's something that I wonder if we often neglect to do in our times of prayer, and that is to give thanks. I wonder how many times we are eager to ask God for his help, and yet we fail to express our thankfulness to him. I'm reminded of the time that some lepers came to Jesus, ten lepers, and Jesus healed them. And how many of them return to thank him? One. Just one. One out of ten. And I wonder if the percentage is any higher today. The right response to anxiety is a life that petitions and praises God in the face of our desperation and need. Well, when we do this, we come before God and we let our requests be made known to him with a heart that is thankful for everything that God has designed for us, both the pleasures and the pain. Then we have this great promise of verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God will grant us his peace. Our, fear, uh, sorry, our fears will be uh, lifted from us and he will bring peace, his peace, to the very depth of our being, to our troubled heart and mind. Our minds that would otherwise be running amok with all sorts of unhelpful and worrying thoughts will be at peace. The peace of God, which defies all rational attempts of explanation, which transcends all our mental powers and emotions, guards or keeps our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If you're a Trekkie friend, uh, fiend, then you might get this idea of, you know, them putting the shields up sort of thing as I get this image or picture of forming God forming a protective layer around our innermost being, protecting us from harmful thoughts and from descending into the depths of despair. By the way, did you notice the three key words at the end of verse 7? In Christ Jesus. Everything that Paul says here is for those who are in Christ Jesus, who have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, Paul says in Ephesians that Jesus, or of Jesus, that he is our peace. And he, this peace keeps our hearts and our minds in that union, that fellowship, that saving relationship we have with Jesus. 
Paul goes on in verse 8 to tell us exactly what we should be focusing our minds on. And notice how it's not anxiety, it's not the terrorism, it's not global warming or illness or financial or family problems. Paul says we need to fill our minds with positive thoughts. And that's because our thoughts are very powerful. Don't let your mind dwell on things that are unhelpful and harmful and distressing. Rather, he says, focus on things that are true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. And we should focus on them not just in our thoughts, but also in the way that we live and interact with others. At the end of verse 9, we find another mention of peace. But this time, it's about the origin of peace. The peace of God will be with you. God himself will be with us. His peace. God will be our constant companion. It's been said that real peace is not the absence of conflict, but the presence of God. And what a promise we have here, yeah? God's peace within you, guarding your heart and your mind, and the God of peace with you. You might say it doesn't get any better than that. Well, this all sounds simple enough, doesn't it? But do you still worry? And if so, why? Do you take the big worries and concerns to God in prayer and yet try to deal with all the other stuff on your own? Do you get so overwhelmed with a problem that you forget to talk to God about it? Do you bring things to God but then somehow are not convinced that God will be able to help you? I think the problem for a lot of us is that We often bring things to God and we share our worrying thoughts and feelings with him, but then we tend to hold on to them. We don't leave them with God. It's that nagging question, I suppose, is do I really believe that God can handle this? Now, I feel I need to say this point, that Being anxious is different from being concerned, isn't it? Anxious or anxiety is a concern, but it's a concern that will bring negative thoughts and feelings into our lives. But I think anxiety is different from generally being concerned. I remember when Glenys was in a lot of pain and in hospital because there were some kidney stones that were trying to make a break for the outside world. And as she was in hospital, I don't think I was overly anxious. Yes, I was bringing that to God in prayer, but I was definitely concerned. Very concerned for her health, her discomfort, for her treatment, her recovery. See, it's not as though we are to stop caring. Paul doesn't say, don't be concerned. He doesn't say, don't care. He says, don't be anxious or worried. Or as Jesus says, 
Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. Anxiety is that inner turmoil of heart and mind that robs us of joy and that drives us to despair. And here God gives us the answer for anxiety. And remember, God does not ask us to do something that he does not also empower and enable us to do. So this is not some pie-in-the-sky dream. This is doable. Well, how are you going at facing all the difficulties and challenges and frustrations and circumstances of life? Are you going to face it with a sense of, you know, woe is me? Or are you going to face it with confidence? And there is a difference. And that difference is a matter of faith and trust in God. There are those who will say, there is nothing I can do about this, so I guess I'm just going to have to live with it, or, you know, grin and bear it. And those people will usually become negative or withdrawn or at least depressed. Then there are others who will say, there's nothing I can do about this, but God will do what's best and I will trust him. And that is the person who has a confident faith and trust in God. This is someone who is in Christ Jesus. This is one who is living in the very presence of the God of peace. This is the person who claims the promise that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Well then, how are you coping with the stresses of life? Are you letting things get on top of you? Are you sitting there now with something eating away inside you, you know, worrying about something that's happening in your life or in the life of someone close to you? Then why? And please, I don't want to seem trite when I say that, when I say why. But God wants to settle your heart in such a way that you can live with the stresses of life and yet still experience his peace and joy. Remember Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Jesus said, who by worrying can add a single hour to their life? The Apostle Paul says, sorry, Apostle Peter says, cast all your anxieties on God for he cares for you. The Apostle Paul says here, don't be anxious about anything. So what is stopping you from doing that? The Apostle Paul says you need to get alone with God and pour out your heart to him and then leave the outcome in God's powerful and gracious and very capable hands. And that's what we find the most difficult, isn't it? Not the sharing of our problems with God, but the, the letting go. The part about actually leaving the outcome in God's hands. Because that is something that demands trust. That requires us to actually trust God. Not just spiritually, but mentally, emotionally 
and physically. I read about one person who said that as he gets up in the morning, he gets a bit of paper and a pen, and he'll start to write down all the things that are really starting to bother him. And he thinks he's going to get anxious or worried about through the day. And then he also jots down things that he can thank God for, for what God has done for him, first of all in his salvation, but then also what God has done for him yesterday and maybe through the week. He jots those down too because he feels that when he prays, he doesn't want to forget something. So he writes those down. He might add to it over breakfast or something. And then he comes to a time of prayer and he prays for each of those items he's written down. He prays and gives thanks for all the things he's mentioned. And as he does, <coughs> he puts a line through what he's just prayed for. And when he gets to the end, he gets the paper, screws it up and throws it in the bin. And I think that's his way, his symbol of saying, I've brought it before God and now I'm leaving it in his hands. If it's still there tomorrow, it goes back on the list for praying tomorrow. You see, if for some reason after you brought your request to God and you keep on worrying about something or you start to worry about it again, you know, in a couple of days' time, don't be afraid to bring it back to God. Bring that request for today to him. Indeed, we need to bring our request to him regularly. Jesus used a, uh, a parable to teach his disciples to pray and to never give up. So don't be afraid to <coughs> keep bringing requests back to God again and again and again so that you can experience the supernatural peace of God with you and within you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this awesome promise, the promise of having peace within our hearts and our minds, that peace that will keep us firm in our faith with you and our knowledge and love of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that this sounds simple, but we know that we all are victims to anxiety and worry, and so we ask for your spirit's strength and guidance. Help us to be able to focus on you, especially in our times of worry, our times of distress. And Father, give us that reassurance that you are with us. Father, we pray that you will indeed give us a peace and relief from those times of worry. We know that you don't promise to take us out of situations, but indeed that you will be with us in and through them. And Father, we look forward to the time when Jesus will come and return. Indeed, we will be with you in your glorious kingdom forever where we won't have those anxieties and worries. Father, we give you our thanks in the name of Jesus, our Saviour. Amen.